Good afternoon. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We're a good podcast about bad books and movies and TV and stuff like that. This is episode number 275. We have now done as many episodes Jesus. as the weight in pounds of the award-winning pumpkin grown by Paul and Cindy Castle last year. Ah, they named that, that is pumpkin so Wanda. That is that, a pumpkin yeah. called Wanda. Yeah. <laughs> that pumpkin is bigger than, like, you know, most people. Yeah? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, most people I know. Do you know mm-hmm. There's just a seed called giant pumpkin. You just pick that off the shelf like I want my pumpkin to be fucking <laughs> huge. You just press that button. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. Speaking of things that could hurt you if you're not ready for them, this week we're talking about the 2013 movie Grown Ups 2, starring Chris Rock, Adam Sandler, and just everybody else. Yeah. This is uh, the follow-up to the the hit film, <laughs> Grown Ups. Uh, have you guys, I, I remember when you started, you had not seen actual grown, the first Grown Ups. Did you guys actually watch it yet? Oh, no. Certainly not. Why would you? Doesn't yeah. look like a, a particularly um, funny. It didn't, it didn't get very good reviews, so I, I don't necessarily see why we'd waste our time watching that film. I'm a little curious as to why Adam Sandler is rich. That's the only thing I'm curious about. Because he's a he, he he's a comedy legend. He went because of heavy. Oh, you mean in the movie? I thought you were talking about in real life. If well, you're talking about the movie, you could at least use his name, Lenny Fader, and you know do the movie a little. You did not honor that was the there. first time, the first podcast about it either. So, well, there's a lot to take in. Right, yeah, you're, you're right. All right, so I'm your host. Uh, I'm Alex Falcone on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. And uh, joining us today, we have at C. Walter Smith on Twitter in Brooklyn, New York. It's Mr. Chris Smith. Yeah, Alex. Uh, super excited to be here. Oh, wait. Is, is that your wife's bra? <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. How good does a bra have to be that it gets that... That it gets public high fives Whoa. in front of the dude's kids. Oh, uh, from wait, 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 what, wait, in front of the dude's kids, not in front of the wife, who's like not really enjoying that situation either. Women are not people in this movie. Uh, <laughs> okay, but 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 to the benefit of the movie, no one's really a person in this movie. Kids at least get names. Yeah, it's it's an Chris important. Rock doesn't though. Interestingly, fun fact about grown ups too. Chris Rock's first name. Isn't said once in the movie, and it was so a very, funny. it was a delight to find in the credits that he actually had one because we we weren't one hundred percent sure. What is it? I think oh. it's Kurt. Kurt. Kurt oh, is his first name. It is said precisely zero times in Grown Ups too, and it's Chris Rock for Christ's sake. Also joining us today, he's at Ezra Fox on Twitter. Sometimes uh, in Northern California, it's Ezra Fox. Uh, good morning, Alex. I, I am a deer that's wandering into your house to pee on your face. It's not a moose. <laughs> <laughs> that deer is. Uh, why? Why did that happen? I was so, I'm filled with so many questions. So, the difficult thing is, how do you start a movie? I mean, you got to start big. You don't want people to tune out right out of the gates. What is bigger than a deer in the bedroom? Why does the deer pee out of fear? Is that something that deer do? I thought it was out of happiness. Pee down. He jumps up so as to pee forward. Yeah, yeah, I don't think deers. I don't think deers piss like that. We haven't actually looked into the biology of <laughs> a deer on its hind legs. We haven't. We haven't spent the time going into that. And, and that's our bad. All right. And, it's and on for us. that, we apologize. That's on us. <laughs> so those two voices you hear, you guys, are from the podcast, the worst idea of all time. Guy Montgomery and Tim Bat from New Zealand, guys. Uh, so you have been watching this every week for a year. You're at like 46, 47. Oh my god! Firstly, I demand you address us by our Twitter handles, like everyone else. <laughs> We're part of this fun family today. <laughs> what what are the handles? Underscore Bat T I M underscore B A T T. 
And I, I have enough dignity and self-respect. I'm not just going to jam my Twitter handle into another person's podcast. I just wanted to fit in. Everyone else heard it. Well, if you, re- if you really want it. Yeah, beg me for it, Alex. That's right. This guy underscore Mont. Of course it's got an underscore. I wasn't onto it fast enough. Some, there's some bozo out there rolling around with Guy Mont on Twitter just causing carnage. Religion. Oh, wow. A, uh, a bass player in a classic rock cover band in Italy with seven followers. That's who got mine first. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Offer him 50 bucks and see what he does, man. Come on. He's waiting for you to make it real big so that he can sell it to you at an extortionate price. That's what I'm afraid of. He send him an email with like a fake name so he doesn't know that I'm that, inter- that vet- invested in it. <laughs> just, a, just a venture capitalist. I would offer you $50 for this. Uh, here's, so, so, so Tim and Guy, there's a lot of impressive things about you. The most impressive is, as I was researching uh, trivia on the movie, you're in the IMDb trivia page. Yeah. Yeah. We are now. And we didn't, put, we didn't put that in there. Yeah, someone else did that. I got a message from my friend one day. It was about a month ago, being like, you know you're on the IMDb, which means that, I don't know, someone out there is doing something about it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's People not get. Wikipedia. Like that's real. Somebody had to actually. Yeah, and, and even better, seven, seventeen out of twenty people found this interesting. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> of the twenty yeah. people who managed to click on the button, seventeen oh, of them liked it. That's pretty good. It's good. It's a good hit, right? <laughs> this is so clearly a bad idea, but it's also really delightful. And to hear you guys now as like probably leading experts on this film, you probably know more about it than most of the people involved in the production. God, that's sad. I like to think so. And I don't think that's sad, Tim. I think, you know, <laughs> life's constantly throwing up these little surprises. It never necessarily follows the, the path that you think it's going to. <laughs> and if this is like, this, not, not only do we know bad. more than everyone about Grown Ups 2, but this, we probably know more about anything else than Grown Ups 2. I, I don't want this badge. Mm. This badge someone else can wear. <laughs> so this is also one of my favorite dynamics from your show, is that you that it's not really about Grown Ups 2, it's secretly about friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Are you super close friends now, it's or do you wish you just played pool every week? I hate Guy, and uh, I spend <laughs> as little time with him as possible. The only time I see him during the week is when we need to watch the movie and record the podcast, or... Uh, or these sorts of things. Yeah, there is a, there is a, it is a weird, it's a weird thing to draw two people together, isn't it? It's, um, it's like, I don't know how many friendships have been forged in the fires of Grown Ups 2. Like, like, you this. guys, you guys knew each other before, right? It wasn't just like you saw someone on the street like, oh, hey, yeah. do you watch Grown Ups 2 with me every day for like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like as big as marriage, yeah. really, isn't it? Hey, just like, a bit of a, just a bit of a shot in the dark here. Um, I don't know what we're doing next year. <laughs> Like a guy who appreciates a deer piss joke. <laughs> so you've actually friends. watched it every single week. Like you haven't just cheated, skipped it, been like, you know what? I know this movie Dude, already. So, some weeks we've watched it. I've made us watch it twice because yeah. we weren't paying close enough and attention. We, we, for one, for one watch, uh, we spilled a glass. Or I spilled a glass of red wine on my friend's carpet. I was staying at his house. Wow. And the entire movie watching process was overtaken by our efforts to get out a dried red wine stain. So then oh. I demanded that we watch the movie <laughs> again because every viewing needs to count. This needs to be legit. So for the next oh. one, we had to not only do we have to watch it again, we had to watch it back to back. We watched Grown Ups 2, and then as the end credits finished, the opening credits began. <laughs> wow. So we get this question a lot because we do so many terrible things and people want to know, like, do you, is, has this pushed out good things from your brain to fill them in with this? Uh, like, has, yeah. has it made 
Like you're getting less time, obviously, to watch good movies because you're spending two hours watching this every week. Totally. There's, that's a good point, though, is that we get less time to watch good movies. But when I watch virtually any movie now, um, <laughs> it it just comes across looking really good. <laughs> just, and I'm so, so I'm such a simpleton now. Like what really turns me on is that there's different characters. And a plot. <laughs> and it's like basic storytelling devices are suddenly incredible to me. Yeah, that's you great. You're like, oh, wow, I haven't it. seen this one yet. This is a new movie. Yeah. This is fantastic. Yeah. A different one. I don't know any about this. There are some, some odd side effects that you get from watching it all the time. Is I'll, I'll use a Grown Ups 2 reference in real life. <laughs> Not knowingly. It'll just come out. Mm. And then I sort of look around for acknowledgement. And unless Tim's there, just <laughs> life is going on around me. <laughs> Everyone's that, still doing their things. What, one of the incredible things about, about this movie is that you've watched it enough to increase the overall average of people, like the number of times people have seen it. You know, like you've increased, like, so like you've gone from like average number of times, like people have seen it is like, I guess, 0. 0.01 at this point. Uh, but you probably increased that to like 0. 0.02. Like you probably, well, like you've increased the world average is what is, I'm trying to say. That's, that's, that's is, remarkable. Is, what you might not know about us is that we went into Sony Pictures um, <laughs> under the guise of, we've got a viral marketing campaign for you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're going to like it. So we're not supposed to tell everyone from the last episode. <laughs> Hear us through. We're going <laughs> to... It's the world's greatest Rickroll, and people have really taken the bait. <laughs> I'm sure you've had that. I'm sure people have said that they've watched it just because they've heard you talk about it so much. I'm sure you have actually brought this into a lot of people's lives. Oh, yeah. They get in touch with us afterwards, always. They like We get these messages going, <laughs> the funny thing for me is they always apologize profusely to us. But I was like, Tim, guy, I'm really fucking sorry I watched the movie. Like they've cheated on their wife? Like, I did the bad thing. They're, they're firstly sorry that they, like, they, they went against our advice or, or a commandment to not watch the movie. But then they're also yeah. apologizing because they've got an inkling of what we're going through. Yeah. So there's like this this double sadness to the messages we receive. Did you watch The Wire? I've not yet. I hear nothing but good things, yeah. but I haven't I haven't done. You could have watched The Wire twice already at this time. It's true. But there's a running <laughs> gag where every time somebody goes to prison, they're always like, "The first day is always the hardest," and then someone's like, "Well, today's like the last day," and like the last day is always the hardest. Like, do you have a hardest <laughs> watch of this movie, or is it like prison where basically every day is equally hard and you can't? Oh yeah, my birthday. My birthday was the worst. <laughs> I watched it and closely followed by New Year's Day itself in the morning. Oh. Like, both of those were fucking... I think, yeah, New Year's Day was, was a really bleak... That was the... Like, neither of us... Not only did we not want to watch the movie, we didn't want to talk to each other outside of the context of the podcast. Like, we just didn't... We you didn't know, want to... I didn't yeah. care how Tim was doing. We right? were in different cities. <laughs> so like, we were both... I, have, I, I know this, and I'm going to sound obsessive, but it's just because this is one of the four that I got to listen to this morning. Uh, 26, and that was because one of you was in Scotland at an arts festival. Yep. That, was, that was me. I was, and you were drunk was and there. mean, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and I was depressed and sober and alone. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I just thought... I thought Tim was being unreasonable. Um, <laughs> in that... It, like, there's no one. No one had a gun to his head to watch the movie on his birthday. And oh, then... it, no! I, I'm pretty sure we had to do it that night. There's often, would, yeah. you know, scheduling shit, yeah. so we have to watch it on a particular time, which just. But happens I to mean, suck. there was yeah, there was some mean part of me, which just there was a switch that flicked, and I took this insane glee in how miserable Tim was, and I just wanted to pour it on. <laughs> it's, it's like, Alex, it's Alex, a... why would you bring this up again? <laughs> 
it's just such a strange it's like such a unique way to be able to bully someone there was actually like about half a dozen episodes or so where uh, I had uh, broken up with my girlfriend had to move out of my flat so I was couch surfing oh. and Guy was in the greatest arts festival in the world in Edinburgh so like we weren't even hanging out together or anything I would just have to watch the movie by myself oh, and then no. do this depressing Skype call while I was like staying at someone's house and that was a pretty dark time. I hate to ask this, but did your girlfriend leave you because of this movie and podcast? Wouldn't have blamed her. Wouldn't have blamed her at all. <laughs> I do, I do uh. wonder that. <laughs> that I, think, the, I yeah. don't think... I think it was like... Yeah, I wouldn't blame it entirely, but I'm sure that at least 1% of that. the relationship's end was impacted I'm not going to roll that out. I'm not going to roll that out at all. I, Okay, so now that we've opened all old wounds, Alex, do you want to keep the show moving with a compliment? <laughs> so now we're going to go into the way our, our normal version of the show, because we all also watch Grumps 2. Just the one time, that's enough for us. Um, Even that's quite a lot. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was so painful. <laughs> it was so hard. Uh, Chris, summarize, though, since no one saw this. Summarize, please, for our audience in the style of 100 really talented people doing nothing right. <laughs> well, I mean, 20 to 30 talented people, 70 hacks. <laughs> Almost everybody in this film is ta- more talented in another arena than in this movie. Almost everybody. Okay, that's fair. Sha- Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal is so good in this movie. He was- <laughs> Thank you. Shaquille right. O'Neal is, he he is, is really good. He's now, dynamite. A lot of people who were punching down in this movie, but yeah. Shaq and Taylor Lautner were both kind of playing above their weight. Taylor yeah. Lautner was kind of good. They maybe they sort of thought they were exploiting a weak matchup uh, to use a sports analogy. So Shaq yeah. saw that these guys are going to be fun. <laughs> if he's ever going to like, you know, look good as an actor playing against these big names, yeah. this is his chance. That's pretty it. Yeah. It's good job, Shaq. It was a gr- great place to make Shaq shine. Uh, but I don't think. I mean, I, personally, I think Shaq has been great in every movie he's ever been in. For, for the record, I would buy like a uh, like a polishing product called Shaq Shine. I would too. <laughs> Chris, summarize this movie for us. Okay, so Grown Ups 2 is basically a day in the life of a small American town, right? So we've got uh, a a group of people who are friends or they know each other, and they just kind of interact in in small little scenes that you start a scene, and then it cuts to a different thing before there's ever any resolution. Uh, But but not before someone poops or farts or, like, uh, you know, there's, like, boobs or something, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's scene, gag move on so you've got uh adam sandler he's mr hollywood or whatever he uh i guess uh, the context is in the first movie he made a lot of money and with his movie money moved his family back home his wife is selma hayek they have three kids um and he's basically just uh prematurely retired i don't know what he does yeah they had one deer briefly yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he hangs up with all his old high school friends. So uh, you got Kevin James, who's like a uh, auto. No, he's not an auto. He's uh, he's like a yeah, it's not a car stuff. Yeah, yeah. He, he happens he, to he own pretty much the best auto body parts shop in town. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Pretty much. <laughs> yep. And you've got uh, Chris Rock, uh, who has a family. His wife is uh, Maya Rudolph, and they have they have like three or four kids. And, um, um, and and you've got David. Oh yeah, Spade, actually, wait, and I, I just realized married Chris Chris Rock. Okay, so one this. You guys must be annoyed, uh, Tim, Kevin, the guy, because this, this movie is very bad at any kind of resolution for any plot line. I just, I just realized that, uh, the, so Tim, uh, so Chris Rock's, uh, uh, mother-in-law, he's supposed to install her, um, yeah, yeah, cable, because he's, he's a cable guy. Cable. Yeah. And never does it, and there's no repercussions. 
There's and no, there's no fallout and from And moreover, it. it's no. the one job he has yeah, all day. Yeah, the one job he has all day. He's only going to make money if he does that. But the joke is that he doesn't like his mother-in-law. That's yeah, it. But that's the also, nature of the joke good, here. It's not a good joke. set up punchline. It's, it's just, it's not even a joke. It's like, oh, he doesn't like his mother-in-law. Uh-huh. But the first few times we saw the movie, we didn't yeah. even realize that it was his mother-in-law because it's so like a weird, tenuous... Yeah. There aren't a lot of lines that yeah. tell you that they're related in any way. It's well, it's very sparse. And yeah. random Listen, Tim and woman. Guy, if you were looking for connective <laughs> tissue, you know, maybe you want mammoth, maybe you want something else, but this uh, this isn't it. Well, this, I think that's yeah. actually that bit, though, is a combination of two jokes. It's, I don't like my mother-in-law, and cable companies have large windows for when they might show up. And almost never, yeah. and aren't they easy to miss? You go to the bathroom one time. For 2013, yeah. they're finally breaking some good comedy ground. With those. You guys, there's, there's a lot of buried treasure in that scene as well. You'll notice the merry-go-round motif uh, in the mother-in-law's house. There's over oh, eight man. or nine merry-go-rounds in yeah, there. It's insane. Both of the um, mothers, like the older mothers that you see in this mm-hmm. film, yes. are like... You know that show, um, Extreme Makeover Home Edition? It's like that. It's like, what do you like? I don't know. I guess I like the carnival. Okay, merry-go-rounds <laughs> everywhere. And then the other mother is kind of into flowers, and it's hilarious because she's got flower wallpaper and pictures of flowers in photo frames very similar to the wallpaper on the wow. wall. The, yeah, there's a lot of buried jokes in the mise-en-scene. Uh, and <laughs> you know, if nothing else, what we're doing through this podcast is a service to the prop and set dresses. And the set yeah. dresses that are wonderful. All of these hard-working, underpaid people who'd put little contributions yeah. in. Yeah, if only and we watched only every movie know. 46 times, we'd, we'd really <laughs> get all the detail. Uh, keep, keep, it, keep it moving, Chris. Oh, sorry. So yeah, we yeah. went through uh, scenes with uh, the kids, but really it's mostly these guys. Like, it's the last day of school. So oh, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. There's David, David Spade is also there. Oh, da- yeah, that's right. So David Spade, uh, he's there. He's a, he's a single guy who kind of fucks around a bit, and he discovers he has a son, that a long-lost son he's never met. And son arrives and is a huge, hulking, bully, thug guy and, um, you know, hates him for never being around to be his dad. Um, there, ooh, I don't, yeah. Mm. Chris, I hate to interrupt you. I hate to interrupt you, but there is something we've discovered <laughs> through our multiple watches of the film that's yes, kind of hilarious yeah. about the situation. Yeah. If, if you pay it, a guide stumbled on this. If you pay attention to what uh, <laughs> David Spade's character says, Higgins says, at the train station when he finds out about the sun, the yeah. only... The only possible way that he's gotten to this point is if there was one previous phone call where he got told he had a kid and then he just hung up afterwards. (laughs) The the mother of his child called up and said, oh, by the way, you have a kid. And he was obviously going out the door to play on the go-karts. And he was like, yep, hangs up. And then he doesn't deal with it. Because he's got like the scantest amount of information, but he knows he's got a kid because he's gone to meet them at the train station. He doesn't know who the woman is. That's right. How old the kid is. So there's some phone call. Yeah, he yeah. thinks a small child rather than like a... Hey, by the way, Higgins, you, you're a father. Okay. <laughs> Time to go to the train station buy a teddy bear, yeah. No, yeah. did she say like you're a father 13 years ago? Like she doesn't mention... She, didn't say who she was. Age. That guy is 20. 
this, guy's not there. So this must, I mean, this must happen like often enough then, right? This is like the standard procedure for him if he gets that call. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he pulls out a case that's like in case of child and it's just got a teddy bear yeah. train ticket. Yeah, that's yeah. why Higgins lives in a trailer park. He's been bankrupted by all his alimony payments that he's going to give to the mothers of these. Yeah. What a tragic <laughs> character. So anyway, uh, so Adam Sandler like drops his kids off at the school bus. The school bus driver is on medication. So uh, that's Nick Sewardson, and he takes over for the school bus driver, and he drives a school bus. He picks up his friends, Chris Rock and Kevin James and David Spade. They hang out at Kmart. Uh, they, kill, eating- they kill the bus driver on the way to Kmart. Yeah, well, do. just about. Oh, yeah, we get some Weekend at Bernie's stuff. <laughs> yeah, they've got some weird stuff going on with the bus driver. The bus driver is so medicated that he's basically just a zombie, and they've got a rope on his arm so he can wave to, the, to his boss and not get fired. Um, yeah, and, and there's an inexplicable elementary school dance recital where the ballet teacher is gorgeous and everybody goes just to look at her. Um, the plan is revealed. There's actually almost a plot. Adam Sandler's going to throw a party at his house. Um, that's it. Mentioned, that's the plot. Mentioned exactly three times. Very much in passing as well. I, it's I not guess signposted yeah. well. Yeah, and it, it, I guess it's going to have a theme, so it's going to be 80s, because every kid wants to go to an 80s theme party when they were born in 1995. But, but hold on, hold on, Chris, because we don't learn about the theme until after the football scene with Adam Sandler and <laughs> Oh, that's son. right. So he takes his son to practice uh, being a football player, uh, because his son has <laughs> dreams of being a football player, and Adam Sandler's like, well, if you're going to play, you better be the kicker, because you, uh, you're small, for, I don't want you get it get it hurt. For so, me, this is where the first suggestion that the movie might have a plot comes in. You're like, holy shit, it took us a while to get here but hopes and dreams <laughs> this could be a bit of a hero's journey at this it's point. like air okay. basically right yeah <laughs> it just took a while to warm up but that's cool i can yeah. dig it so you okay. get in there's an orchestral swell there's beautiful music it looks like uh, the kid is so good skills he's so good and then uh but adam sandler wants to put pressure on him game pressure so he goes and tackles him while he's trying to kick the football and he breaks his leg breaks the little that's destroying leg. any semblance or suggestion that a plot might be coming as yes. well. Yes. So <laughs> right. Any hope is broken. And, and we probably anyone listening, this is exactly the halfway point in the film. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so there are other subplots with the kids where uh, there are two different kids who like other kids who are asking them out. So Adam Sandler's oldest son likes a girl. and uh, Nancy Arbuckle, the hottest yeah. girl in school. Oh, man. And, and so he's going to ask her out. So Adam Sandler shares some fatherly advice about how to go about doing that. And, uh, wait, 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 wait. Don't skip over this. Wait, wait, this is priceless advice. Uh, so it's uh, make you her smile. You've got to my three-step Yeah, three program. steps. Yeah. Make yeah. Step smile. number one, make them yeah. smile. Step number two, tell them she's got a nice smile. <laughs> Step number three, tell them they have to go out with you that night. Why that night? <laughs> So that they don't have enough time to talk to their father. Because no, so, yeah. you're fugly. Because yeah. <laughs> you're fu- Yeah, they have to realize that. It, it take them, they'll realize they're fugly otherwise, right? Or or their yeah. friends will tell them that they're. Oh, uh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is used it. to explain why Selma Hayek is married to him. Yes. Yeah, there's some weird sort of meta reference where he's like, "Look at me and look at your mother." That doesn't make any sense. Only like a Hollywood movie. Oh, what are you doing with we that see joke? That so much where like books are like, "Only in a book would it be like this," or "Only in a movie." It's just, come on, it's one of my least favorite things in the world. Oh, but, but sorry, Chris. Back to you. So oh, when we last left you at plot synopsis, we got no, the kids. No, there's so little. Like the, the family goes to the ice cream parlor, and Colin Quinn is there, and it, he fixes an ice cream machine, and it makes it look like he's pooping. And that's like ten minutes of movie. That's ten minutes of movie. What happened? Oh my god! So- Why? Like the only reason they go to the ice cream parlor is for that shit joke. <laughs> 
and it's really long. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, and like you know, the only reason really they go to Kmart is that because there's an inflatable raft that comes out of that box. Well, I think it's to pay for the movie. <laughs> I if I may interject, yeah. Chris. Also, the other reason they go to Kmart is because of the millions and millions of dollars they yes. got for it. I, yes, I, I think they got that money from Target, though. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. That's the first time I've seen even a sign for Kmart in the last 10 years, so it mm. didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's such a funny marketing strategy from Kmart. They're like, we're just... putting it all on red. <laughs> <laughs> this Everything's riding on this. Uh, we didn't do We've got well. yeah, sorry. $200 million left. We're giving it all to Adam Sandler for this one project. I hope it, yeah. hope it works. That's the equivalent of rolling snake eyes there. This movie did not pay off. <laughs> so true. No. Um, so they, they also, there's this whole thing with the swimming hole, guys, where uh, the, the guys, oh. Adam Sandler and Kevin James and David Spade and Chris Rock, all go to the quarry because there's this cliff that Kevin James was always too scared to jump off, and they're going to make Suicide him jump 35. off. Suicide 35. Yeah, where it's only it's thirty five feet. It's not that bad, uh, but he's kind of a wuss. But then also the kids. So uh, Chris Rock's son and Adam Sandler's son go there uh, with David Spade's son to go swimming, and then uh, leave David Spade's son uh, because they realize there's a college party and they want to hang out with college girls. And um, so there's like the college party going on. The frat boys show up to terrorize the adults and make them jump off the cliff naked. Um, yeah. So the frat boys are Taylor Lautner. And uh, a guy from Heroes, the TV show, wasn't the blonde guy from Heroes? Oh, yeah. And another guy, who, another guy who recently found me, a guy on Twitter, it started throwing shade our way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Really? Yeah. Was it Patrick yeah, Schwarzenegger? Yeah. I wish. We, we are, love Patrick We are gunning for Patrick Schwarzenegger every week. <laughs> we, in fact, you guys live in America. You must, it's like New Zealand. You must know everyone yeah, in America, right? Yeah, yeah. Can you right? put in a word with Patty? <laughs> Can you get Patty to come to LA for when we do the LA episode in three weeks? I'll, I'll, yeah, uh, sure. I'll mention it to him next time I see him. We are going to the Thanks, 90s themed party tonight. It'll be really great. <laughs> yeah. Everybody in America just, will be there. Cool. I'd just like to say to, say to you, Chris, that I, I'm taking so much comfort and feeling so together listening to you rehash the plot. It's like... I don't know. It's like, I didn't know I'm, the movie like existed. Yeah, it's like I'm up. exiting a fever dream, and <laughs> yeah. someone's yeah. saying it back to me like, it's yeah, okay. it's and that's right. And then this does happen. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I'm with you on that, man. It's like someone yeah. else's acknowledgement that the thing you dreamed up wasn't dreamed up. Like it's real. That's actually really nice. Like it's like, look, look, the monster under the bed is real, guys. It's really there. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh it's my like god! Someone's been in an insane asylum for um, thinking that some conspiracy is real. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Dudes, it turns yeah. out you were right the whole time. It's like, oh, god. <laughs> I'm vindicated. <laughs> you no, know, you're vindicated, but in the way of like a monster under the bed, that there's still a fucking monster there. So yeah, there's still yeah. this movie to we reckon see it because, and we're all gonna die from it. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, have you guys noticed that there's barely any like evening or late afternoon in the movie? There's like one dinner scene, and all Heaven's of a sudden one it's day. like nighttime and party. Yeah, it's on one day. Yeah, the movie's set in one well, day. And a, a funny tidbit. When uh, Adam Sandler takes his son to the doctor because he's broken his leg, you see Dennis Dugan playing the doctor, who's actually the director of this film. Yeah, uh, he uh, references the fact that he hasn't slept in 68 hours before he takes a swig of whiskey from a hip flask he produces out of his pocket. But then the very next (laughs) scene we see him in is the party. So, which means he's been awake for 68 hours. 
but his priority is going to this fader party. Everyone in town is going to be there. And not mailing in his costume either, but going going home and putting together the most exquisite Billy Idol outfit. (laughs) That's pretty good. Stanton, Connecticut. The doctor is a fucking party animal. The doctor is in! Like, how does that girl dress so much like Pat Benatar? How does Nick Sewardson have a perfect, like, uh, uh, Boy George costume? Just ready to 80s parties, and it's just people wear (laughs) big hair, and that's the whole thing. And these people, every single person in this small town nailed an 80s costume. Well, so here's here's actually what I think is going on, guys. I think there's actually kind of a, um, like a curse on this town, I guess, that like makes like the days stretch on forever and ever and ever. And only like an 80s party can like bring the night finally. Like that's how they actually like change the next day. (laughs) And so they have like, you know, you know, days and days of of daytime (laughs) where they've all gone insane and they have that time to make the perfect 80s costume. Yeah, just rhinestone gunning things. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty much... from a fan recently also pointing out the Rubik's Cube cake and what yeah. the oh, that was on the good. that Rubik's Cube cake. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the ladies in the one scene that doesn't have th- these boorish, awful men in it, uh, the one scene is where the, the women go to yoga uh, earlier in the day and they have a, they have, uh, Kate Hudson's brother is the yoga instructor and his name is Kyle, but before that, John Lovitz is the creepy janitor. Uh, oh, man. He's jiggled their that boobs. Was- Terrible! You guys were really excited oh. about Lovitz, and I just can't. I love Lovitz. I I I love the critic. It's like a '50s trope of like, oh, ain't I a stinker? The way I'm sexually harassing these women in public, all the time. <laughs> or him with binoculars <laughs> at the dance is. recital, going, "I'm having an excellent time. I'm, I'm having a wonderful time." A wonderful. The thing is, with <laughs> it's the it's the, delivery. it's the delivery. It's because he is so, he's he's performing it in such a campy fashion <laughs> that I can't be convinced like, that he poses any kind I gotta of threat. Tell it's you, like he's in a musical. Tim said, Lovitz showed up every day and he, he came to play ball, guys. All right? He Tim, was, are you trying to say that Lovitz uh, elevates the material above what it is? 100% saying that, man. <laughs> there, was one, there was one episode of the podcast where Tim was convinced that Lovitz is channeling uh, Hunter. <laughs> Waiting for Oh, Pluto. yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> like, he's got all of these loaded references to Waiting for Goddard <laughs> in his lines. Uh, that's Maybe not. Reading of that. So, the Chris, party uh, happens. Are we almost done? Oh, yeah, the party oh, happens. Oh, and by all accounts, it's a pretty the good party. The party happens until... Forever the party happens. You need to emphasize how long the party is. Again, guys, so it's part of the curse, okay? <laughs> that's why they're so excited for dinner, because they know it's only the party, and then they get to go to sleep. Finally. <laughs> that's why we never see anybody go to work, is because it's been a thousand-hour day. They've had a lot of... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so the party happens, and then it, everything's fine until the frat boys show up because they're mad because their frat house got trashed by David Spade's son. They think it's all the townies, and so now there's just a giant. It devolves into a giant fist fight of all things. They just get into like, like a townies. Yeah, it's, it's basically yeah. a ballroom blitz. Yeah. Oh my god. Ballroom blitz. <laughs> You've also missed out the fact that Stone Cold Steve Austin's in town. Yes. He used to bully Lenny Fader at high school. Oh, I'm sorry, yep. guy. Is there one cast member that I forgot? To <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and so Sherry well O'Terry. Sherry O'Terry had a crush, yes, crush on Adam Steve Sandler Buscemi, from like... And yeah. yeah, no, there's so many people. Um, there's th- Look, I'm just saying you could at least, you know, give the script writers some credit. They put a lot of time into these characters. <laughs> and I think it's only fair if when we rehash the movie, we, we give them all their due time. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. And... Uh, 
Yeah, no, there oh, there are, but there's a party. Over. There's a fight. Uh, Adam Sandler's character wins respect. He was viewed as a wimp. Now he's viewed as the man about town, big man on campus. And uh, eventually, everybody goes to bed happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every everybody goes to bed relatively happy. Well, I would except say. the oh, frat oh. boys who are afraid of the <laughs> yes. death. Yeah, but frat boys aren't people, are they? I said. Every- I, I should say. I should say one of the ongoing things is the the burp uh, snart. Oh right? yeah. Now yeah. Okay. Because anyway, that's, that's that's the, the movie thread. that that's ties the, movie. the whole thing together. Nope. 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 It's yeah. not. Uh, okay. So. Okay. So this one of my main problems with the burp snot. Right? Is it's obviously this big running gag between between the friends. Like they all love it when Kevin James does the burp snot, we which is this. a burp, burp sneeze snot fart. So a burp snot. Yeah. You burp. You sniff for a sneeze, and that always brings on a fart or something like so that. Three <laughs> disgusting bodily functions rolled and into one great. So, but the rose. thing is, if everyone knows about it, and they're all like they're all family friends. Why are they explaining what a burp snot is at the dinner table? Oh, yeah. yeah it's needless. Needless. Uh, yeah. Exposition. They're surely talking yeah. about it. I mean, I feel like that's true of <laughs> yeah. so many of these gags. Is like the point of this movie is if you show these guys one joke, they'll never get over it for the rest of their careers. It'll just be <laughs> like with so many of the poop jokes. It's not just that poop jokes are a problem because they're like. It's just that there's just everything in this thing has been done so many times. It's just so trite over and over and over again. And they like they're so proud of themselves for making more fart jokes. Uh, Alex, you seem a little despondent after watching this movie. If I, if I'm being honest, bad comedy makes Alex sad. It's so hard. I, we've watched a lot of crap on the show, and it is so much harder to watch bad comedy uh, because there's something about the like. It, it, it lacks an earnestness, and it's so much easier to make fun of somebody who's being earnest than someone who is like, I think this is hilarious. I don't know. It's so yeah. You you can enjoy a failed drama on a comedic level, but you can't enjoy a failed comedy on any level. Really, <laughs> yeah. and so it, true. It's also, like they thought I would like this, which is also really painful. I'll ask a question. I've kind of got two questions, but I'll ask this question first. Um, okay. Uh, compared to all the other cultural products that you guys review over the the over a couple of hundred episodes of had, how, do, how does Grown Ups Two stack up, and particularly against movies? Uh, I'd say this made me. Top ten percent squeamish, but was not very painful. Oh, I, know. I found yeah. top ten yeah. percent like uncomfortable to watch, painful. I wish it was over. Like definitely top ten percent of movies we've seen. Okay, it's only it's only going against movies though. For me, like like it's nowhere near the books. We've had a lot of people uh, getting in touch with us and whatnot, and 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 people writing kind of articles about the podcast and stuff, who are like very heavy on how bad the movie is and i can mm. think the the reason why the podcast experience is so bad is because the movie is very competent the movie mm. is um like yeah. very competently made in a lot of ways the plot and the script and everything are bad but like it looks great the sound is fine it's well lit the practical effects are there. really good like the, the it, there's great stunts yeah there's, great there's stunts. a couple of good like the genuine chuckles in the movie yeah. Um, if it was a wholly failed attempt at making a movie, the podcast would be a lot more fun than it is. So, yes. like, if we were watching The Room, <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be yeah. that hard because that's hilarious. That's a hilarious. Well, I think it was a perfect selection for you, is because something like The Room, uh, it's so it's so easy to get everybody together and be like, we love this, even though it's bad. But there's totally you can't. I mean, it's so hard to force yourself to like this. Yeah. Having heard you talk about it, I bet if I watched it again, I would have a good time. Like watching from, like, the, the wallpaper and noticing all these characters I didn't notice the first time. Like, there's a lot of yeah. little things that you found that 
Like, like I think I, one of treasure hunt. One of yeah, I don't think we won anything. It's <laughs> really but one of the like one of the few joys I have in my relationship with this film is watching Virgin Eyes um, watch the movie. Like it is, it's probably similar to what I was talking about with you, Chris, before when you rehashing the plot back to me made me feel okay. Watching someone else engage with the movie, yeah. like finding out where their genuine laugh points are and where they're like, it's just yeah. I don't know. I, I guess. I, oh fuck! I've lost my. I can't. Even no, no, talk. no. Um, and actually, this is great. Could we get into compliments? Because I want to talk about some genuine laugh points. So right. that's a perfect segue, actually. So we normally start and end every show with a compliment, no matter how bad the topic is. It's called the compliment sandwich. We're going to kind of. Like, Are we still just starting the show? Yeah, Two thirds of the way in, and then another one at the end. But uh, it is a, a time that it seems like everyone should give a compliment. So uh, we'll give you guys a chance. Uh, Tim, uh, uh, why don't you have a choice to go first or last? We'll start with Tim. You can go first or we'll go last. Let, let, let's yeah. us go last because we've got a lot yeah. of You're gonna go material. You're going to go last? Okay, great. We're Thanks, fine. guys. So yeah. I will well, – I'll go first because we talked about this a second ago is I think the 80s party costumes are excellent and I like – Yeah, super good. I almost never, very well realized. I never do Halloween because <laughs> – I hate you, Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, Ez just made fun of me by saying very well realized. I, they're great, uh, but like, and I, I usually don't do Halloween because I have a high, like, I, like what I want out of Halloween costumes is very high, and what I'm capable of achieving is very low. And mm. so, theme parties are like one of my biggest, uh, biggest fears. But because you want it too much, yeah, exactly. And so, to go to a party where every single person had a professional costume designer make them an '80s theme, like there were mm. two princes who were wearing identical, perfect prince costumes. Either that or Kmart sells a hell of a prince costume. <laughs> <laughs> they, they sell chicken chow mein at Kmart, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I thought that was a really fun party where everyone was just excellent at all of that. Uh, Chris, yeah. what's your well-realized compliment? <laughs> <laughs> well, my impeccably rendered compliment uh, is that uh, we, we already talked about Shaq playing up uh, yeah. the material a bit. Uh, and and he had a lot of a lot of my favorite things, but actually my first favorite line in this whole movie is from Selma Hayek. And when she's uh, wishing her kids a good day at the bus stop, she says, uh, "Oh God, I had it written down." Have the best last day of school. Oh yeah, no, have a great last day of school, my gorgeous. Yeah, exactly. You got it. She loves her children. She thinks of them as gorgeous, and she shows herself to be a caring, competent mother. And as she drives her truck away from them, like with plenty of room to do a run to take the kids to school. Yep. You don't want. You shouldn't put. If you hey. love your kids, you shouldn't put on a bus with Nick Swartzen. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I liked about it is because it made me realize just how much better she is than everybody. Chris, that's part uh, the of the trope cast. for every movie like this, where it's like the guys are like grown-up children uh, as a trope for comedy movies, which there's so many. Like oh, we're guys and we're still like farts. It's all, like the wife is always way too pretty and incredibly competent and wonderful. Yeah, yeah, she's the glue. And uh, I fucking hate that trope too. It really pisses yeah. me off. Yeah, really frustrates me. Hate but it. it was just thrown into such sharp relief for me at that point that I just had to. I had to call it out. Yeah. Uh, Ezra, major compliment. Um, I mean, really, just that it's to the opening sequence, which is uh, you know, with, with, the, the, with deer. the deer peeing. Because it's basically, it's like the Raiders of the Lust arc um, opening sequence. There's so much going on there to unpack. It's, it's like a whole movie, pretty much, in that moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because like, it goes from like, 
from uh, some mother-in-law jokes, uh, you know, to some peen, uh, and there's uh, and you get to see like a, 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 a the the teenage kid like gets to show off his dong accidentally. Uh, it's just it's so rich. Yeah, and there's a lot of like undercurrents, I guess of. Uh, I think that, like, the discomfort they everyone has with, like, bodies and sexuality, it's just, like, it's all buried in that first, like, ten minutes or so. I just uh, realized that Adam Sandler gets to see his son's dong, and his son gets to see his dong in this movie. I don't think Adam... Does, Adam just, Sandler no. doesn't get to see his kid's dong. Yeah, I, I'm pretty oh, I thought, sure it's just... I thought just, he was behind the deer. In the shower. No, no I, I thought it was says, just... It's just... Yeah, it's just Selma Hayek. Does. Yeah, there's oh. not dong parody. Yeah, no, there's no dong. <laughs> that's, that's one thing we've said every week is this movie lacks dong parody. <laughs> if this movie had dong parody, it would, it would have been critically received a lot, a lot warm, more warmly, I think. But people, write in, tell us what movies have dong parody. <laughs> All right, uh, Tim and Guy, what are your compliments for it? What are you, like, do, you, do you want to go first? Right, Alex, you never went. Yeah, yeah. first. Okay, here's mine. Because uh, you guys brought it up, it reminded me of how great John Lovitz is. I love John Lovitz. I'm not going to hide the fact. He is so great because you think that this movie couldn't be any bigger than it is. And yet, <laughs> when he arrives on the scene, even he supersedes the largeness of, of what we've seen so far purely in the delivery of his lines, which are scant. There's not that many of them. You'll actually... There, there's a beautiful bit, which I am convinced he ad-libbed, um, where... When uh, Chris Rock's little son, who's about three years old, bites him on the ankle and then he leaves when he's been found out to not be the yoga instructor but in fact be a uh, janitor, he says, you loved it, you loved it, you're all prostitutes. Which is such a weird thing to say considering this is like a family I, comedy Actually, movie. I think though, I think that's the common goodbye in Connecticut if I understand this. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how people... <laughs> That's the common. That's the that's the standard farewell. Yeah. Tip of the yeah, tip of the hat to you. You're all prostitutes. <laughs> you're all prostitutes. It's that Eastern Seaboard charm. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay, go for it. My com- my compliment is uh, David Spade's throwaway lines. Um, you're not going to get. <laughs> you mean all of them? Get- no, 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 no. He doesn't. Hey, hey. <laughs> Take that back about speed. Like, you're, if, you, if you're going to appreciate it, you're probably going to have to watch it a second time. But the funniest moments in the movie are often when David Spade is saying something sort of just as like color, not even as the lead or feature line. Right. It's like when Taylor Lautner starts doing all these flips and the guys are planning how they're going to fight the frat boys. David Spade's like, those are some pretty cool moves. Cool but movie. I'm pretty sure no one knows, like, no one's, the director's not listening, the other actors aren't <laughs> yeah. listening. David Spade's just riffing and scatting. And the, the other great one is when he's holding the knife in Kmart that he's about to buy, OJ's knife, and he's, the camera just kind of pans over someone's shoulder to him, and he's just wielding it going, you think you're tough? And it's just, it's not, he's very yeah. committed It to took all weeks and weeks to actually notice that he was saying this stuff. So it was kind of like a nice little Easter egg, a bit of payoff. I love Spade. Yeah, there oh, are a lot guys, of payoffs to going guys, method, I think, as Spade will tell you. I, I have an idea for you. Okay, what if we cast uh, David Spade with James Spader? And it'll be like Spade, Spader, and then we just have to find someone whose name is Spadist? And it'll be like this, like... <laughs> Spade, <laughs> Spader, Spadist? <laughs> yeah, just these three guys together. Yeah. Or it's just a buddy yet. comedy called A Spade's a Spade. <laughs> 
That's the last line in the movie is they overcome whatever sort of you know conflict and the resolution is, and then David Spade turns to, to James Bond and he goes, well, let's just call a spade a spade and together. Let's make that the like... To make a vegetable garden or something. Let's make that the fourth Avengers movie and we'll just put David Spade in it as Marvel characters. Because uh, Spade is voicing Ultron, isn't he? He is. Yeah. So we'll just shoehorn it in. It'll be great. Hey Alex, what's your compliment though? We haven't heard one from you. Night, uh, the the party he costumes. Oh, oh you like the costumes. Yeah, very well yeah. realized. Yeah. Uh, let's yeah. Take- My mind has been erased by the movie watch forty-seven <laughs> times. I have trouble retaining memories. Wait, wait. So, so, so Alex, what's your compliment then? <laughs> the ad, you guys, because we're so far behind. Let's jump into the ad. <laughs> okay. okay. Sounds good. Okay, we'll do the ad right after you tell us your compliment, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Snakes, haters, and I made myself so easy to love. Okay, meat team, have a seat. Zachary Guzman is ready to give us all the details about the amazing grift he's concocted on the person causing all this vandalism here in Meatburg. Thanks, Meatbot. Now, if you could all turn your attention to this giant wall of monitors, I'll fill you in on the details of our grift. I have a question. Uh, yes, Shauna. Why do you sound different from last week, Zachary Guzman? Oh, that's just a thing that happens here in Meatburg. There's a high likelihood that everyone will sound different from week to week. It's because of the static, static, interference, garble, garble, sun radiation. That's not an explanation. You just said static, static. It's science. Focus on the mission. Uh, yeah, the mission. Okay, this is our target. Viscount Veggie. Age, unknown. Aliases include the great Broccolini, and when he goes bowling, Pinslayer. He's our man. Um, yes, Ben Babcock. You said his name was Viscount Veggie? What does that mean? Oh, hey, great question, Ben Babcock. A Viscount or Viscountess is a title used in certain European countries for a noble of varying status, but historically deemed to convey a lower, uh, middling rank. And a veggie is a part of your meal that you don't eat until all the good parts are gone. So he's a low-ranking vegetable? Uh, no, he's a low-ranking noble vegetable. Or at least that's what his name is, implies. And that's why he's been running amok around Meatburg, where he opposes all the meat. But Meatburg isn't actually made out of meat. It's just a bunch of references to meat, right? I always imagined it as, like, an emerald city in The Wizard of Oz, but made out of meat. Gross. I thought it was just a name. Still stuck on this Viscount thing. Why would he name himself after an obscure, crappy member of the gentry? Oh, well, it's probably for the alliteration. I guess, but it's just dumb. You can never fully know the criminal mind. Now, on to our plan. Colleen, our conference woman, has been pretending to be a confused old lady outside of the Viscount's house for the last three weeks, and she's gathered some data. He likes to take a walk every morning at exactly 8.34. Eck, who is that voice? Oh, it's me, Colleen. Uh, oh. oh. Wow, really good huh? voice, Colleen. Okay, but why didn't he pick an adjective that starts with V? There are tons of menacing ones. Vicious veggie, vaunted veggie, varsity veggie. No idea, Ben Babcock. Okay, Tom, as our hacker, what have you been able to learn? Okay, first I'd like to reiterate that hacking is only one of my many skills. But yes, I was able to access all his tax records since the mid-70s, and I found a lot of unexplained income. Plus, I have all the letters he's exchanged with radical anti-meat groups, and here's a picture from his college lookbook. <laughs> his hair is so long. Exactly. I also prepared a quiche for everybody. That's nice, Tom. Veggie Vendetta, Venereal Veggie. Look, Ben Babcock, his name is Viscount Veggie. Uh, he's already chosen it. Uh, moving on, we need to get him to confess to his crimes. 
We know he's interested in animal rights, so Colleen and I are going to pose as a traveling circus clown act just passing through. We'll tell him one of our elephants is loose in the neighborhood, which will get him all riled up. While he's out of the house, I'll set up a series of controlled demolitions that will let us enter his basement where he keeps all his records in the safe. He just should have called himself the Veggie Vandal. It's a perfect fit. (laughs) I'll crack the safe because I'm good at more than just hacking. What will I do? Once we've got his records, you'll pretend to work for PETA headquarters and offer him a job. Oh, fun. Once we lure him to our fake PETA office, he'll have to take credit for the vandalism to try to get the job. It's foolproof. There's absolutely nothing to go wrong with this plan over the next three episodes. Join us next week for another great episode of Meatberg in Crisis. And join the fight against the Viscount Veggie by becoming a meat buddy at read-weep.com slash meat buddies. A small monthly donation makes a huge difference to the rest of us here in Meatberg. The veggie villain, the vegetable of Versailles, the veggie vanguard, literally any V-word would be better. Meat buddies, 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 meat buddies. Gotta wrap this up. Normally we do do a couple of different segments, but we we cover so much in the summary in the chat beforehand. I want to do two things just really fast. One is, for everybody, the number one most painful thing, the worst part of the entire movie. What's the thing that made you the least Everybody uh, watching the ballet instructor. I was going to go with that also, actually. Fair guess. I was going to say, for me, it's the party, because I don't want any of these people to be happy. Hmm, they seem too happy. <laughs> um, I, well, one of the worst things for me, I think... Um, oh, well, actually, I think anything with a bus drive was pretty bad. Um, so, like, it, <laughs> uh, You know, did you guys notice that Nick Sewardson's head is, like, too big for the rest of his body. There are scenes in which it looks like he's, like, in big head mode in NBA Jam. <laughs> Chris, Chris, you've been mispronouncing his name the whole time, but I hate this guy so much I don't care. Oh, is it Swardson? Yeah, Swardson. but I don't care. Okay. Anyway. Tim, um, do you like a freak? favorite moments? Like, what are the hardest uh, parts to watch when they come up? Well, kind of the start, because... I know that the rest of the movie's coming, and just that dear pissing gag is so bad. I, but I'm very much with you on the ballet recital. Are you going to no, talk about... You, you so go. there's a specific part within the ballet recital where the guys are... Um, it does a panning shot across them, and they're all dancing to this obviously very hastily grabbed production music. There's something they grabbed off yes. Garage Band the day before the movie. Had to <laughs> and there's, there's just something uniquely fucking... You want to punch whoever edited that shot together or something? Like, it's just, there's something infuriating about that shot. It's a unique combination <laughs> of it's incredibly sexist. Um, it's obviously the director's just gone, yeah, yeah, just wiggle around. Just do some crazy dancing. We'll add the music in later. It doesn't matter. Everyone's just yes. phoning it in. It Although Shaq does sucks. make his head jiggle, his, like, hat. You know, it bounces up and down. That's nice. Shaq's Again, Shaq, Shaq, Shaq elevates his game. But think, think about them shooting that in real world terms, though. It's probably the last day. You know, yeah. last, you know, last shot for the whole film. It's been a big, big experience shooting. You know, yeah. they just want to get out of here. Dugan's just going, all right, just move around. We'll sort it out in post. I'm fucking I, mentally checked out of this. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that was. I feel like that happened the first day. Like I feel like it must have been shot in one day, basically, right? They found the internal, eternal night, uh, eternal day place, and they just they shot. Oh, look, it's one long day. Let's just let's make a movie, guys. Let's fucking make a movie. <laughs> it was part of a 24 hour film project, and they just happened to have everything. <laughs> and that's why it's so weird because it was like one of the props is deer piss, and then you get bonus points for working in ice cream coop. And ice cream poop. The line of dialogue you have to use is, what? <laughs> we didn't even talk about Tim Meadows, man. Barely worth mentioning. Of all the things going on in His catchphrase was what? He had a son named Bumpy, who's also catchphrase Bumpkin. was what? Wasn't it? Oh, wait, we didn't get guys 
Or did we? The whole the whole family's catchphrase is what? They're a unique yeah. family, what? the Fazoos. Yeah. Except for Shaq. <laughs> Shaq yeah. does you know not that say Shaq what? is Tim Meadows' brother. Yeah, they mentioned that overtly. That's why he was bald in the middle. Yep, their their thing is everybody in in that family is uh, has a either bald or an incredibly receding hairline. It's amazing yeah. that he married a woman with the same receding hairline. Like you got to feel like when that they were first introduced. Odd. Well, there's a suggestion that there probably there's an incest element to it. That's that's yes. my reading of that. Oh yes. wow! I picture they were doing like that speed dating. They're all in one room. They have a minute and a half, and they sit down and they have the same hairline and the same catchphrase, and they were like, "Boom." Let's have kids tonight. <laughs> yeah, what else do you need for a relationship? That's all, right? Got it all built. <laughs> Hairline catchphrase. So, Guy, what's, what's your hated uh, it's, lowest it's, it's For me, it's the party scene as well. Just because at least the first probably hour of the movie, it's such a cracking pace. Like in the sense that there's so many offers and characters that it's sort of like it's, it's your brain isn't really... Your brain's scrambled, but at least it's like moving pictures and noises. Mm-hmm. And then right. the party scene happens and time just slows down. Did you not feel like yes. we were at that party forever and ever? And well, there's just no indication like, of time. The curse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, and it really, again, like, that's what really impacts my mood every week is that we get to the party scene. Because mentally, once they're eating dinner, you're like, oh, well, what's left? You have dinner, you throw a party, everyone goes to bed. I leave Tim's house and I don't have to watch this movie for a week. <laughs> but you're just stuck in this fucking, you're stuck in this purgatory party. It's just, yeah, it's the party. So the other thing that I really want to know, so from you guys, obviously you're coming up on your year. You're a few weeks away. And mm. I'm sure you've talked about this or other people have suggested things for you, but I want to know what you're going to do next. Nothing. Uh, it's over. <laughs> it's done. No. I'm putting a pen on it and getting on with the rest of my life. No. Uh, there's a, this is the most famous thing you ever do. I'm fine with that. It doesn't need to be, carry on. I want to I mean, keep going, not watching this movie. I don't know what sh- shape or form, but yeah, it would seem silly to I'm out. burn a fan base to the ground just because we're sick of a movie. I'm out. I am, I mean, I am the, fucking out. There, I think there are different, there are different, less insane ways you could maybe do this. Uh, but, but like, there, cause there's a podcast no, where we like, got we got to ratchet up the insanity. You know, well, there, there's a podcast I think like that has like focuses on a minute, one minute at a time of um, Star Wars. Uh, yeah, was uh, it, yeah. But there's also one for like a bad movie. I think like for um, uh, for Food Fight, maybe it's like it's like it's covering like a minute at a time of like a terrible movie. Right. Uh, and Those scenes go on for like three or four minutes each. We could do we could do a minute at a time of Grown Ups Two Tim. That's definitely not happening. There's, there's, I don't 100, know <laughs> there's 101 episodes in that. But I would I mean What's obviously that? you should do at least one bonus where you watch Grown Ups 1. No. You can't make me. I want I want to I want to you guys do a Kickstarter for that then. Yeah, do a Kickstarter. For what? We're, we're, so doing to, we're doing a Kickstarter to get to LA. Yeah, we've so we've we've very confidently booked a venue in Los Angeles before we've booked plane tickets. Um, on nice. the 17th of February, we're going to be doing a 50-second episode at Cine Family, And then we're doing a special event the next night at uh, UCB. On, in oh, UCB very cool. Sunset. Oh, nice. But we, what, we're, what we really are trying to do, and I don't know if anyone listening has got to connect, we want to sit down with Adam Sandler and just have a bit of a chat. Or Patrick Schwarzenegger <laughs> um, would be an okay second player. So when you go to the All-American party where you all hang out, if you could put in a good word for two <laughs> humble Kiwis. <laughs> I'll mention it to him. I don't, I don't usually let Adam come to my parties, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you throw him out. You say, like, hey, look, Adam, if you're going to come to my party, you'll respect me and my family. <laughs> right. 
That just reminded me quickly. I found this stoned scratching in one of my notebooks the other day. I, I wasn't from watching the movie. It was just like in between where I'd written down this hypothetical situation where Chris Rock, David Spade and Kevin James were having a barbecue and secretly planning the next movie they were going to make. And then Adam Sandler just comes rolling in with a, like six beers. He's like, boys, all right, we're going to make a movie. Like, How did you know we were here? We were so careful. Uh, I I wish I could make it down for that event in LA. That's just really great. So everybody should donate to that Kickstarter to help get you guys there. But I we have found people are much more likely to give you money to hurt yourself than to do something you want to do. Oh yeah. So because uh, we have oh well one of the one of the stretch goals is we're getting grown ups two tattoos. Yeah. No. What? Whoa. Our, our, our stretch goal is there's a one shot of Chris Rock's uh, watch just before he goes and doesn't install cable at his mother in law's house which sets the exact time and date of Grown Ups 2. Um, it's like 3.59pm <laughs> on July something in 2013. And mm. we're going to get, if we get our stretch goal, we're going to get um, the watch tattooed on nice. our body. Oh, wow. You know, what's weird is like school ends in May or like maybe June here. So that must have been the actual time they were shooting. <laughs> no, that's the thing. It was like... It's just a pickup shot. The, the, uh, what's it called? The continuity is there, man. Because yeah. we Googled it one episode. We were like, I wonder if that was uh, yeah. the last day we, of Yeah, school. we did. We, and it was. We Googled the really? school term in Connecticut. Wow. Yeah, and it wow. totally checks out. I was, wow. I was hoping your tattoo was just going to say there was no fucking soup kitchen. <laughs> we should get yeah. soup kitchen my ass yeah yeah soup kitchen my ass you wouldn't want that like because it might look like a metal alert bracelet where it's like that's an order if you ever get picked up by an ambulance just soup kitchen my ass <laughs> soup kitchen and my ass it's <laughs> the only thing that'll save me <laughs> well one of our stretch goals as well is that we pen the original screenplay for Grown Ups 3D which is a sequel that we've uh, posited we're going to handwrite oh, wow. a feature length movie script for Grown Ups 3 yeah. well, one of the beautiful <laughs> things about the Grown Ups franchise is you could oh, there's always room for more actors so if they do make a Grown Ups yeah. 3D you pretty much nail the spot in it I think yeah. that is uh, that is a genuine dream is just to walk on roll in Grown Ups 3 god that'd be good god damn it that'd be good it'll never happen but and then you'll have IMDB pages one. your IMDB page will say Grown Ups 3D uncredited <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll finally be able to sleep at night yeah. right, so we gotta wrap up so let's do really quick in the reverse order let's do our final compliments so you have one more nice thing you have to say about the movie the last nice thing you ever have to say on our show at least Guy and Tim what do you guys want to say as your final compliment uh, this is a little hidden treasure for anyone looking at watching the movie a second time as well. Uh, Peter Dante, who is a real scene stealer, uh, Officer Dante and Officer Shaq are standing yes. next to each other after the big tire scene. And uh, Dante goes to hold Shaq's hand and Shaq shakes it away. It's this really weird <laughs> hidden like physical gag that you wouldn't see on first on first pass that's it's pretty very great funny. get that. again Shaq nailing it in this movie God, <laughs> he's so good uh, Tim uh, m- mine's a little more broad but it's just the, the physical stunt and I'm going earnest on this the physical stunts that are performed in this movie are legitimately impressive and reflect yeah. the 80 million dollar budget which was thrown <laughs> at this film there yeah, is a guy that's, who gets that's so literally bad. thrown over the top of a house by Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> yeah yeah Recurring gag involving a, uh, a explosively inflating inflatable life raft, similar yeah. to like a yeah. safety airbag in a car. And I love Peter all, Dante skis I on love a roof all those stunts. off into a pool. That was crazy. Oh yeah, the roof. Yeah. Key. 
Yeah, there's the, oh, the uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful. Uh, Higgins getting stuck in a tire and getting rolled down the down the hill. Yeah. Oh, it's weird how like as soon as he gets in the tire, he looks entirely cartoon. But other than that, it's a really good. <laughs> I always thought that that sequence it really reminded me of a Simpsons couch gag because it kind of takes you through the city in a really yeah. like. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, everyone like goes. Never stops rolling, so you see like here's what they're doing at the body shop, and here's what they're doing at the exactly. car wash, and here's what they're doing on the exactly. football field. Yeah, and then Shaq just like pelvic thrusts the tire, and it stops. Starts to tie with his dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always good, Shaq. All right, uh, Ezra. Okay, so this is a, this is a twofer. The first one will be short. Uh, so I think this is universally it's worse than uh, Grown Ups the first. Uh, which and the big difference being that had Rob Schneider, so I think this movie needed Rob Schneider, which I don't think that's everything I thought I was going to say. <laughs> that's a first. <laughs> yeah, um, and and the other thing is, along with this, like, sort of, uh, you know, the understanding that this town is cursed. Um, I think a big part of that curse is actually Mr. Gigglesworth. I think it's uh, this. The subtitle of this movie is um, "The Eternal Pain of Mr. Gigglesworth," uh, where it's just like he is continually fade to get ripped apart uh, again and again by a deer. Wait, so he's Prometheus chained to the rock? That's, exactly. That's yeah, role? yeah. So, so I think I think he he used to be a person. Maybe he like founded the town uh, and angered the gods, and so they're like, look. Mr. Gigglesworth, we curse you and your whole town. You will now be a monkey, uh, uh, wow. animal. And, and this, uh, wow. we'll send, yeah, this, this, uh, this deer, which is, I guess, the, uh, representation of, uh, 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 Demeter, uh, the goddess of, uh, of the hunt. And, uh, you know, just going ahead, ripping her, ripping Mr. Gigglesworth apart for all eternity. Uh, so that's, there you are. It's a dark, dark movie. Yeah, deep, Super deep. Son. I like that you're able to find theories about this movie that the uh, and linking yeah. it to ancient mythology. Yeah, we'll we'll look into that next week for you. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Please do get back to me, Chris. You're up. What's your uh, minor compliment? Oh, uh, you know, mine. Uh, it was just another chuckle that I had, and I'm not necessarily proud of this chuckle, but I did like the male cheerleader car wash. Um, <laughs> I mean. Well, it was I've laughed at that before. Yeah, totally. yeah. <laughs> right, well, guy, I'm guessing that there's no part of this really, you haven't ever really laughed at. You've seen it too many times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like part of it is just like you know, there, there's the you're expecting one thing and you get a different thing, and sometimes that's surprising. Um, but what I like is Taryn Killiam continually creeping out everyone and going way more intense than everybody else on the screen, where the, he starts yeah. licking the soap suds and not caring that it tastes like soap suds. I mean, uh, this no, is no, basically no. him Chris, doing Chris, Robin. That was bird poop. That was bird poop that he was licking off. Oh. Because he, ma- he, mouths, he mouths bird shit. Oh, does he? Kevin James. Also, oh. it looks suspiciously like whipped cream. I the, thought he, he uh, was whispering push it. As in the salt oh. and pepper lyric. That's but nice. I, uh, no, I, I, I see Yeah. That was good, too. I'm going to do a, a double minor compliment really fast. Uh, one is that that illegal swimming hole looked fun. And uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We mentioned that there's a million actors in it, but one of my favorite things is that there are a bunch of sportscasters. Yeah, in the movie. So uh, Michael Dan K. Patrick, Michael yeah. K. Dan pra- Patrick. So let's see. Michael K. was the coach in the football thing. Uh, Dan Patrick was gym teacher. Gym teacher. And then Chris Berman uh, was uh, the Ronaldo in the like tiny tiny clip of the like. So it was the shot of a TV, and then he was on TV in a in a soap opera as Ronaldo. That that they got a bunch of different sportscasters in there to each do like one or two lines. I thought was really delightful. 
I'd just like yeah. to tack onto the back of that compliment that Dan Patrick's line, who wants to watch me climb a rope, is funny week in, week out. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck, get, yeah. And he climbs it with no legs. It's arms only. That's really difficult. <laughs> it's super hard. Even on American Ninja Warrior, they never do that for more than half the rope. <laughs> Dan Patrick's all man. Yeah. <laughs> You see, there's a lot to love about this movie. There is a lot to love about this movie. Those compliments, they came thick and fast. Yeah. yeah. I mean... I, I thought they were a little bit belabored. I don't want this, this... This is my constant concern with the project, that I don't want us to turn into, like, a hate parade, you know? No. Like, you do seem like your misery is fun, and you're not that... Like, it doesn't seem like it's actually going to damage you, so that's delightful. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's like a long road trip, you know, where you're just in the car, maybe you, like, get a little sleepy for a while, and then you wake up, and you you know... It's a fair analogy. There's a lot of beef jerky. I, I, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm just, I'm gonna stop you there because I don't think it's like a road trip. Uh. I love road trips, <laughs> <laughs> and I love the movie Road Trip as well. So I wish we were watching that. Do Season you? two, Road Trip. Yeah, dude, that's the thing. I love shitty comedies. There's a lot of shitty comedies that I, I absolutely love. Like I've seen Van Wilder Party Liaison probably 15 times. Oh you my wrote, god! You wrote about Van Wilder Party Liaison for a high school exam, didn't you? I made the entire class do it because my media studies teacher had a lot of faith in me and said, "Tim, you get to pick the the movie text that we're going to uh, oh study for it for shit. two months." And I said. Van Wilder, and he said, never heard of it. I'm sure it's great. <laughs> we shut it on. And then the, the education governing body for the whole nation of New Zealand sent a letter to my school saying, we got all these essays about a scene where a dog whacks off into a cream bun and someone eats it. What the oh, fuck God. is going on at your school? <laughs> All right, you guys, that's going to wrap up our discussion for Grown Ups 2. We'll be back again next week. Next week, we're going to be talking about Under the Stairs, the first book in the Band World series, sponsored by John. This is our gift sponsorship from our international live show. And uh, John wanted us to read this, uh, among other reasons, because it's written by a Kansas City historian about, get this, a Kansas City historian who goes to a fantasy world and becomes very powerful. I smell research. (laughs) That always leads to a good dramatic research scene. And also, I love anybody who writes a fantasy book about their boring profession becoming amazing. Um, Can you please send us a copy once you guys have finished with it? It is actually a free download off the website, guys. Fuck off. I want to do a quick shout out to also to Michelle, who's a a listener and uh, uh, on our email list, who uh, recognized me at the symphony the other day. I was at the symphony. Nice. Did you just wanted to show her in that you were at the symphony? Yeah, <laughs> this is like, this is well, I, she I recognized me while I was digging ditches for poor people. So. <laughs> Who are you, Frank Underwood, spying on hot uh, journalists in their tight little dresses? You sly dog. You like getting recognized. That's what this compliment is about. Part of our thing is when people recognize us, we, say, we give them shout-outs later on the show. I'm not making this up. No. Are, are we like leprechauns? Is that the idea? Anyway, Michelle was super nice, and uh, she doesn't like when we do the things that make us super-duper sad on the show. She likes when we're a little bit happy. So that's just something that might be interesting to you guys, that people don't like when you're too unhappy. That's good to hear. Yeah, she doesn't want it to be a hate parade. Uh, so uh, if you, you can keep up with all of us. Chris is at C. Walter Smith. Ezra's at Ezra Fox. Also joining us today, at Tim underscore Bat. Uh, Thanks, bro. Two T's. And at Guy Mont, the first part of Guy Montgomery, both also with an underscore. 
guy underscore yeah. MNT. And you guys listen to the last few weeks of the Worst Idea of All Time podcast. It really is fun. And it's uh, the listener who sent you uh, said that you seem like the logical ex- like the logical conclusion of what we've started. Oh, yeah. Who, who do we have to thank for this whole idea? I don't remember. That's a good question. If you look, look it up really fast. but Yeah, yeah. But just like a salute to you for taking this terrible idea so much further than I could ever have imagined. Great work. Oh, thank you for having us, man. This yeah. has been really fun. This has been really fun, guys. You're a thank bunch you so of cool, cool dudes. Real, real bunch of cool dudes. Maybe after this is all over, uh, your project is all over, we can have you back sometime to do something. Like, we could talk about something you actually like. That might be fun. Love it. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I cannot imagine how that conversation would turn out. <laughs> it would be tough, but I think um, it would be worth it. This whole idea comes from Anders, uh, who is our listener from uh, Sweden. And that's uh, Anders. Is right. Have Anders? you not seen workaholics? Yeah, it's Come always on. Anders. Always. Well, actually, in, so in Denmark, they even like drop the D in Danish, so it's like Anus, which is even crazier, man. Well, thank you very much, Anders. That, yeah. Th- this was very cool. Yeah, thanks so. for setting us up together. It was really for suggesting it. It's been fun. All right, we'll talk to everybody uh, next week. Goodbye, everybody. You're all prostitutes. Bye. <laughs> You're all prostitutes. <laughs>